Hello, welcome back to the Ebby Online podcast. This week I'm joined by Laura Amherst, a climate change activist some of you may have seen but not heard of. Laura has gained some media coverage for protesting climate change by being topless. Laura started an OnlyFans where 70, 75% of her profits go to various charities, including Extinction Rebellion, Greenpeace and the RSPCA. Laura is a very proud vegan and politics student. I find out why she has chosen to protest by bearing her chest and why she's so passionate about her cause. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. And please don't forget to rate my podcast on iTunes. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good, thank you. Okay. I'm good. Really excited to speak with you today. I came across... um, pictures of you but I didn't know who you were and I think it was like a video from Urban Pictures UK I don't know if you know the journalist video videographer no no oh he's about he he did take some pictures of you I just want to jump right into it and start by asking what is Extinction Rebellion for the listeners who may not know and who may have been living under a rock for the past couple (laughs) of years um So Extinction Rebellion is quite a controversial social movement um, and we advocate for the government to basically step up and fulfil its climate commitments and we also advocate for things like Citizens Assembly which is where we get a cross-section, a representative cross-section of people in society to actually make uh, decisions on these kinds of big issues because the government really are kind of dragging their heels and they're not moving quickly enough. Um, So Extinction Rebellion is made up of many different uh, people. We're we're very diverse. We've got got working class people, we've got middle class, we've got people of all races, ethnicities, uh, sexes, genders, sexual orientation, ages, we've got families, we've got mothers, we've got children there. So we've got such a diverse and strong group of people that really do care about the environment. But we are controversial because, um, unfortunately, um, as as you'll know in history, uh, the the way that things get done with the government is through protest. You know, for instance, the social justice movement with Martin Luther King and with the the female rights as well. Um, You know, when they took their bras off and they were burning their bras, etc. These were disruptive protests that people felt were controversial and not, you know, and and people had problems with it. But... um, you know, these kind of protests are known to work and to force government to act in the best interests of the people. And that's what we're, we're, we're basically here to do. It's interesting that you said um, a diverse group of people, because I honestly have seen the label um, middle class or upper class, like white hippy dippy thrown about so much. And that's kind of what I thought it was about because I first came across like Extinction Rebellion. I think it was 2019, April time. I remember I was having a picnic in Hyde Park and I don't know how long it for, how long it was for. I think it was for like two weeks or a month that they were camping there. Do you remember it? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's interesting. I feel like it, they've attracted a new type of audience as well from what I've seen. So when I came across you, I, will, I was like, oh my gosh, I was so shocked to find someone like you protesting, which is super yeah. interesting. Can you tell the audience about yourself, 
um, who you are, what you do, and why you're passionate about protesting climate change. Yeah, well, um, so I haven't been with Extinction Rebellion right from the beginning. Um, I only became aware, I only came on my radar really from the start of this year. And I started seeing them on my social media and I started to look into it. And I was like, I looked at their website and I was like, right, okay. Then I read the IPCC report, uh, the, the latest one. And basically the climate science is extremely clear. And I started to get really worried. And then I started to look into, you know, the government's commitments, what's happening, um, the, the climate science that have been going on and you know and I started to get really really concerned as I'm first and foremost a mother I've got a daughter of four years old and um, I'm more concerned you know about her future and the future of the children and um, basically I shared on my social media about uh, UNICEF um, I'll just get the statistics up here because this is really interesting and it's such a compelling point um, so basically UNICEF um, uh, published uh, a document uh, called the Children's Climate Risk Index, and it reveals that 240 million children are highly exposed to coastal flooding, uh, 330 million children are highly exposed to river flooding, 400 million children are highly exposed to cyclones, 600 million children are highly exposed to vector-borne diseases, uh, 815 million children are highly exposed to lead pollution, 820 million children are highly exposed to heat waves, and 920 million children are highly exposed to water scarcity, and 1 billion children are highly exposed to exceedingly high levels of air pollution and that is the most compelling uh, argument that I have as a mother and as someone that loves children and loves the planet and loves the animals as well um, uh, a bit about me there's some misconceptions in the media about me and I've been uh, very shamed for what I've done I've, I've been slut shamed makeup shamed surgery shamed fat shamed acne shamed uh, I've been shamed because I'm a mum that has my boobs out. I've been called a slag. I've been called a crazy idiot. I've been called uh, stick to your day job in Pornhub. Um, I've been, what else have I been called? I've, yeah, I've been called everything under the sun really. And I've been really put in the firing line uh, here. And it's been a little bit difficult, but I've kind of just kind of got just carried on um because i know that what i'm doing is right and i'm bringing awareness to something that people may it may or may not be on their radars and as you you know you were saying people have these certain uh kind of assumptions about the typical environmental activist and people that are, that are interested in protecting the environment and i i feel like i'm here to break down those barriers and to show people that people from all walks of life you know can actually be interested in this and can get involved and it is in the best interest of all of us to do so. I know it says on your OnlyFans profile that 75% of the profits go to various charities, um, including XRRSPCA and Greenpeace, and 25% goes to individual activism efforts. Um, yeah. This is a very, like, I'm not going to say it's a new way of activism because I did see an OnlyFans model. I think it was 2019 with the Australian wildfires yeah. raise money um, for that cause. Do you think people look at you differently? I know some people say you're just using this to promote your OnlyFans, but when all of the money basically goes to a charity, what do you make of this? How do you respond? Yeah, so um, I can understand people's concerns, like, and I'm will I'm very willing to answer answer their concerns and their questions. Um, people do look at me differently for doing an OnlyFans. Obviously, there's still a lot of slut shaming that goes on in our society. I saw um, your statement last night on Twitter. 
yeah um you know it's I'm I'm a sex positive body positive sexuality positive person so for me I enjoy making this content um, my boyfriend is happy with it um, and I'm doing it for a good cause and it makes a lot of money I've made um, not loads and loads because obviously there are people that use the platform that are making millions but um, I've made 1200 pounds in the first two days which is it's better than nothing and it goes directly to these causes and it's something that's quite easy for me to do it's not very time consuming it allows me to do other things like research and get about and do my own life as well so I just find it a really effective way to basically get quite a lot of money um, and keeping people happy but it's quite a low intensity kind of activity. I had a good scrape through your tweets and responses there seemed to be a lot of older males arguing with you why do you think you rattle them so much? <laughs> I, I I really don't know. I really don't know. Um, yeah, it's 99% of the insults that I've got or, you know, people trying to mansplain, as they say, you know, like mansplaining to me and trying to say, oh, you're just a silly little girl. What do you know? Um, you know, and I think, you know, some potentially some men are actually quite intimidated by women that, that step into their power and do what they want to do when they want to do it. And as women, we can be many things. We're not just one thing. You know, there's a psychological concept called the Madonna Hall complex where uh, women are put into two categories. You're either like this virtuous mother, amazing woman that doesn't really, isn't like a slut or sexy or anything like that. And then you've got the whore and this, this demonized, categorized women, slut shamed, oh, you're cheap, you're, you're not, you're worthless. And we see this polarization and this paradigm playing out in our society. And I think that we need to understand that women can be sexual creatures. We can be unashamed of our bodies and our sexuality, and we can be proud of it. And we can also be all the other things. We can be intelligent, we can be educated, we can be activists, we can be uh, working in humanitarian pursuits. But I think people love to try to bring women down uh, over anything, you know, and as I say, it's 99% have been men and they have been saying, oh, you're fat. I don't want to see your fat rolls. Is it um, older men like I saw, or is it like a different, is it like a whole age? Age range that are saying these oh. things? Is it young men? Oh, honestly, it's literally a, a massive range. It starts not really young, like I haven't seen like 16, 17, 18 year olds um, saying anything like that, but it's kind of, I've seen like a lot of 30 somethings or like 25, 30 somethings, and then it's the older, the older uh, guys as well. Interestingly, as well, it's only white men. I've not had any other kind of you know any other um males apart from white males um why do you think that is um i i wish i knew i i don't i don't know why they have a problem with it um all i can imagine is that they feel intimidated by a woman that can't be controlled and can't be told what to do and that actually is educated and can stand up and potentially have better ideas or better methods or or, or anything than, than a man. That's all I can imagine it to be because I just don't understand why they would try to stop the good or, or you know slow down the good work that I'm trying to do. When you're out protesting and you have the stickers on your nips, nipples, <laughs> um, and you are topless, 
what yeah. is the response from the police from media people and from men in person how is yeah. your presence taken at these protests yeah so it's it's really dramatically different um in real life and it is online like we get like the keyboard warriors and they say a lot of nasty things but nobody has said anything nasty to my face uh, the police are actually very laid back about it but i've had a couple of female police officers say to me um they, they just try to intimidate me and try to kind of spin a story and say that I was, uh, they basically tried to say that I was offending little children when there were no little children there. They were directly lying to me. And I said, no, I, there, were, there are no children here. And even if there were, I'm not doing anything offensive. These are just my breasts. I'm not doing anything offensive. Um, so I've had a bit of harassment from the police, uh, but it's only been female police officers. Um, in terms of the public, I've had a really good response in terms of females and males. So I've had a lot of people smiling at me and I've had some people like very shocked and do a double take like, oh, it's very unusual to see uh, naked breasts or breasts with nipple uh, covers in public in daylight, you know, in the middle of September. It's like, it's, it's shocking. Um, but I think people are usually pleasantly surprised. I've had um, families come, come up with their little children and wanting to take pictures with me. So it's, a wide variety you get some people that look a bit like oh what is, you know who what's she doing like kind of a little bit looking down their nose but in general i'm actually really shocked the public were really really nice have you been arrested at any um, protests because no, i know i've seen um some activists they want to get arrested because it's their like way of what's it called like Civil disobedience. Yes, that's, that's yeah. exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, um, no, I haven't. Um, I, I do sometimes think, you know, should I? Should I do something more drastic? Should I do something more disruptive? But I'm kind of on the fence about it. And I know that people have very kind of uh, negative opinions about that, you know. So it's, I probably won't do anything that would get me arrested, um, yeah. Do the people who, no, have you ever glued yourself to anything? And do the people that glue and chain themselves to each other have to wear adult nappies? Because I did <laughs> see that rumor spread it about. I just want to clear it up. Yeah, um, so I'm not like the best person to ask about this because I'm not like a really hardened kind of activist and I don't know like that much. But I, I, I heard as well that they wear nappies because they have to stay there for a long time. For instance, the people that were on top of the pink table on the first day. Um, the, where, it, where it says come to the table and there was a massive pink table that was put in the middle of central London. Um, there were a few people on, on top of that table and I can imagine that they would have needed to go to the toilet at some point during that. So they probably were wearing nappies. I haven't glued myself to anything. I have kind of thought, should I glue myself to something? Um, but I'm still a bit undecided. I don't know. As I say, I don't want to, it's just you, you have to, you have to, uh, balance on a thin line of doing activism but not alienating people at the same time like it has to be radical and bold and active and statement making enough to to get people's attention but you also don't want to alienate people at the same time and unfortunately I feel like um you know despite their really great intentions and some of their really great methods and ideologies Extinction Rebellion unfortunately are alienating people but I think that 
they're not really these people like I understand that the disruption causes and, and they they use all kinds of emotive hypotheticals like oh you what if you stopped a, a, a cancer patient uh, getting treatment you know you stopped this and then it blah 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 and they use these emotive hypotheticals and it's like but what about the 920 million children that are highly exposed to water scarcity you know what you know it's it's a really tough one to to is it's a really it's a, it's a really fine line to, to balance on and and as i as i mentioned earlier like these protests and these civil rights that justice social justice is what works to get the attention because it seems that we have to force our government to do something it shouldn't be that way but that's how it is what do you say to people who say that extinction rebellion activism causes more animosity with the public than support due to the disruptions that they cause in society, like the roadblocks and the yeah. um, diversions and the tubes and stuff like that. What would you say? And what do you, how do you feel about this? Yeah, see, see with me, I, I, I empathize and I sympathize with, with them and I completely understand. And it keeps me up at night thinking, oh gosh, what if someone's like, you know, like, and I think about it and I think, oh my gosh, and and I do and I do feel guilty and I feel sad about it. Um, but in the same respect, with all due respect, we have to question why we live in a society where we are not, you know, people have been environmentally uh, protesting for environmental rights for a very long time in a non-disruptive manner, and they have not been listened to. And the government are not listening. They're not fulfilling their commitments. They are not digesting the science behind. <laughs> behind what's going on in you know this we are in an emergency here and I think that the Extinction Rebellion reflects the 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 urgency and the desperation that the common person is feeling and the powerlessness that the common person is feeling in the wake of these these massive issues that are going to affect all of us in a very scary manner if we don't act very very quickly and even the government have made some promises and they've said you know they they give this rhetoric of oh we're doing everything great you know and they just stand there and say yes everything's great everything's fine we're doing the best we can and it's like it's absolutely clear that they are not investing enough money in ending fossil fuels in alternative uh, in alternative energies and they're really letting us down so i think extinction rebellion um yeah it's um it's I'm I, I'm I don't want to say that I I fully support the 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 disruption that has happened because for instance with myself I was only in central London doing the protests I wasn't on the motorway I'm not part of Insulate Britain but I can see where they're coming from um but you know it's it's a lot more dangerous it's a lot more risky to do something like that I feel like yes we we shut down um, some parts of London, but in general, people can kind of plan around it. They knew that the two weeks were coming. Um, you know, we weren't like blocking off like hospitals or, or things like that. And it was it was really effective. And we got a lot of uh, we've got a lot of press from it. Um, and that is kind of the point here is to spread the message and make people kind of wake up and realize that, you know, 
the government aren't taking this as an emergency situation. They are not communicating. They're not fulfilling their duty to communicate to the public how much of an emergency situation this is. So it's being left down to the people. And, you know, it's a sad world that we live in when it's left down to the people, but at least there are some people stepping up. So with people that are angry and annoyed with Extinction Rebellion, I, I understand you, I feel you, I hear you, I'm sorry. Um, but these protests do end up working to force the government to do things and the payoff is going to be much larger if we actually are able to protect the entire the entirety of Britain, the entire economy and the entirety of the world, you know, disruption for a couple of weeks is a drop in the ocean compared to the billions of children's lives that could potentially be saved. I know it's not an easy topic and I know it, it gets people very angry, but I ask you just to just to just do just to think a little bit about it and, and about why this is happening and um, what the government are doing to fail us. Is there not a better way to protest and do you have any ideas on how you would change things up personally? Um, so I've had a few ideas of how to do some individual activism, you know, um, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, I've been like getting like quite a lot of media attention basically because of how I look and um, and the fact that I have my my boobies out. But so I'm kind of trying to use that to the greatest advantage to really get across these really compelling uh, and pertinent messages and trying to offer some positive so a positive spin on it and try to to show people positive solutions and try to really get those key messages across but we can't there's only so much that people can do before the government need to step in and actually through their policies and through their investments and through their the funding basically that they they're the ones that have to act and um what i what i would do you know as i say i'm i'm, I'm on the I've taken part in the Extinction Rebellion, not the Insulate Britain that was on the motorway. I did take part in, in the London protests. I know that it did disrupt people's lives and I'm sorry for that. Um, I'm on the fence about whether it's, it's, it's a good thing or a bad thing, because as I say, it does alienate people a lot. But as, as I do mention, like the civil rights movement um, with Martin Luther King, uh, with, uh, with a female right to vote, these were all done in disruptive, really powerful, poignant, compelling ways. And we need a revolution in that sense. You know, we need these revolutions to happen. And we, and, it, and, I, and as I say, it's, it's just sad that we live in a society where we have to force our governments to, to act in our best interests. May I ask you, how did you get into OnlyFans and what type of people are purchasing your content? Um, so I've known about OnlyFans for a while. Um, as I say, I'm sex positive, so I don't have a problem with um, people doing sex work and people doing sex modelling or sex work. I'm completely sex positive. Uh, I believe in my body, my choice for both women and men, which also ties into, you know, women's rights to have abortion, which is, as you might know, it's like a, a quite a hot topic in America at the moment. Um, so with me, I believe uh, in my body, my choice. I believe in uh, OnlyFans is a way for sex workers to be able to do things in a, a bit of a safer way. Obviously, there are some 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 horror stories and things that go wrong with that. So I am putting myself at risk to raise a lot of money. But for me, I'm hoping 
that my OnlyFans will blow up like the Australian girls and um, raise a significant amount of money um, that will make a real difference in the climate crisis. Um, and as I say, I know that some people are offended or they, they, they don't think it's an honorable thing to do, uh, but I personally enjoy it and have no problem with it. And it's a very easy way to make money. It makes people happy. And the kind of people that I get on there, uh, quite a lot of them are like activists that are supporting me. There are some women on there that support me. It's not just men. I'm getting uh, female subscribers. Um, I'm very open to the uh, LGBT plus, uh, LGBTQ plus community. I myself am bisexual, so I'm a part of that community. Um, I, I love uh, and, and have sexual relationships with both men and women. And I'm very open to that. Um, and yeah, so as I say, some people might disapprove of that, but uh, I, I feel like I'm, I'm doing something effective to raise money really, really quickly. And because this is an urgent situation. Have you been treated differently in the media because of your job as an OnlyFans content creator? Well, yeah, well, the thing is, is that they like to focus on that, but they don't like to focus on the fact that I am a university student studying politics and social psychology. I also have six A-levels, three of which I taught my, by myself. I was self-taught in environmental science, business, law, sociology, psychology, and English literature. I'm an extremely well-read and well-educated person. I try very, very hard. I try to stay as much as I can up to date on social justice issues. And, um, you know, they don't, they don't really paint that side of me. They, they try to paint me, as I was saying, in this Madonna whore kind of thing. They have to demonize me and make me out to be a slut and a whore and a bimbo and someone that doesn't know what they're talking about because I look the way I do and I'm doing what I'm doing. So I'm trying to break down some of those stereotypes and some of that shaming, shaming culture that we that we have in society. Um, but yes, the media do uh, look at me differently because of OnlyFans. People do look at me different from OnlyFans and say, get a real job. Um, I will be having another job as well. Um, and what people don't fail to, to understand is that I actually do a lot of the, like, so for instance, with my social media, the content that I create, the thought that goes into that, uh, the research, the environmental research that goes into that, I don't get paid for that. All of the stuff that I make on, on social media, I don't get paid for it. All of the interviews that I have done so far, on radio and I'm going to be doing one on TV. I don't get paid for that. This is my time that I'm giving up because I care this much. And they don't, they don't really look at that aspect. They just try to kind of focus on one thing and try to kind of blow it out of proportion as another way to distract from what the real issue is. I, I myself, if I hadn't have gone onto your OnlyFans page, would not have known that like 100% goes to charities. So maybe that could be the media's misconception. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's published on, I, I've put it on a post. Uh, I've put it on my, on the How main well do people my... research? Do you see what I'm saying? I try and research yeah, yeah, yeah. all of my guests. Yeah. Um, yeah. that type of thing. Do you see yourself having a career in the future in politics? What is your end goal? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my, my end goal is, is obviously to save the world from the climate crisis because we really are running out of time and it really is a pressing issue. And uh, the way that I see it, in the, I feel like I'm seeing it in a very logical way because it's like, you know, the way that I see it is okay. I could spend my time doing 
xyz but it's like if we don't actually have a world a habitable world and a, uh, and a functioning ecosystem uh, to to live to live with to live you know if we don't have that then how what is the point of me putting my time into other things because this is the pressing issue and it's not getting sorted out quick enough and um this is a global issue so i'm not just talking about england here i'm talking about all you know all countries need to get on board with this this is what needs to be talked about. This is the hot, hottest topic. You know, it's not about the latest trainers and Love Island and where you've gone for dinner. These are the actual real issues that we need to start caring about. We need to start making activism and social justice a cool thing. And it's not seen as a cool thing. Um, so I'm trying to bring as much of my my own personality and you know my love of music, my love of social justice, trying to to make it more accessible, more relatable, more uh, easy to digest. I'm just trying to, to bring what I can bring to it and just show people that it is a worthwhile thing to do. And and, and yeah, that, that's, that's all I can say really. I have seen a disconnect with certain members of the public getting very annoyed at, I would say, celebrities that use performative environmental activism. So you yeah. have people like Meghan and Harry that will take private flights, but tell us all to take one or less flights per year. Um, how do you feel about yeah. this? And what is your yeah. opinion on that? Yeah, yeah. Well, so I, I'm basically a working class person that doesn't have a lot of money. I'm a poor student. Uh, I rarely go on holiday. I don't even go on holiday once a year. Uh, so I don't have the available funds. Most of my money goes on my living costs and things like books and stuff for my, for my child. So I don't, I'm not really like a, champ, what they would call like a champagne socialist. Like a person that's got a lot of money, doesn't really see the issue from the grassroots, from like the, the ground level kind of thing. Uh, from like ground zero kind of thing. Um, I don't, as I say, I haven't taken a flight in a few years and um, I drive an electric car and um, I also am trying to be mindful of my journeys. I'm not perfect and I'm not trying to say that I am perfect. And, and you know, on my social media, people are just looking like sharks, just trying to pick anything that they can find to, to prove me a hypocrite, to detract from the net effects that we are all contributing to. Uh, for instance, I do a lot of other things like being vegan drastically reduces my contribution to, to global greenhouse gases. Uh, I try to make as many decisions as I possibly can, but I am not perfect. And I don't advocate for perfection because nobody, a lot of people don't have enough money to be perfect. Also, I have 100% uh, renewable energy for my home. The, the most, important, uh, most important way is that the public can can make a difference because the three main culprits here for emissions is home energy use, transport, and uh, food and uh, food production, animal agriculture. So by going vegan or, or drastically reducing your meat, particularly beef, that can really help. Having an electrical hybrid car can really help. And also switching to 100% renewable energy for your home energy use. These are the big three things that the public can do. And I've done that, but I'm not, tr I'm not trying to say, that, as I say, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm absolutely not. Um, but what we should be focusing on is not um, 
tearing people down over these myopic tiny little things that they do wrong but actually focusing on the big net effects and what we can all do and the bigger decisions that we can make and then we can work towards uh, anything that we don't know about because not we, we don't know everything we're busy people with busy lives not everyone has the time to to educate themselves on every single environmental topic so we need to start getting more comfortable with talking about it more confident and more transparent and, and upfront about talking about it and seeing it as important and we need to start making those changes we need to start investing in eco-friendly businesses um, we need to start uh, you know going towards potentially more plant-based uh, food products as well more locally sourced foods and yeah these are the things that we need to do there's no like no matter what anyone says like you will understand that this this is this this is the truth this is what needs to happen we need to do this it's unequivocal there's just no it's undeniable that we need to do this um so yeah what's next for you and extinction rebellion when is the next protest and will you be attending on friday which is the 24th the global climate strike in london yeah um so I was thinking of going down and, and taking some vegan cupcakes, but my friend that uh, runs the vegan bakery, she can't make the cupcakes that quickly. Um, so I'm going to have to do like an individual because I want to make like some really lovely little cupcakes and go like into central London, have set up a table and like basically just give out these free cupcakes and have talks with people about the environmental crisis. And I thought, you know, that would be a good way of, um, you know, humanizing the issue making it more friendly making it more accessible you know things like that um i am going to be going on friday as well uh the next protest i'm not sure because i think mainly um that's the, the main one is kind of over but i think there's going to be some in the run-up to cop 26 in glasgow because that's an extremely important event where can those listening find you um what are your tags what are your links um, yeah, so I'm basically the most active on Instagram because Twitter stresses me out. Um, it's just filled with a lot of very myopic, petty, hateful people that will just argue the absolute opposite of what you say till kingdom come, you know, like they'll just keep going on and on and on. And it's just, it's it just, it's a time waste and it, it, it can, it can, get me down so I don't really go on Twitter that much I might post a very like what I think is like a very pertinent thing I did like the first day I got it I was like keyboard warring kind of like insulting back people and I thought no this is not this is definitely not a good use of my time um I just I was just getting annoyed by them and like why do you just keep on trying to tear someone down that's trying to do so much good um so I don't go on Twitter but anyway um so my Instagram is just my my full name, uh, Laura Amherst XR, and that's where I'm most active. I'm most active on my stories and, and, my, and my posts. Thank you for listening to the Ebby Online podcast. Please join me next week, Monday, for a new guest and a new exciting topic. If you enjoy the journalism that I create and the content that I pump out, please support me by rating my podcast on Spotify and iTunes.